0: and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success.
1: Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I have a guest here with me today that I am... Very happy to welcome you to the show. I think this is gonna be a fun conversation. I think we're in for a really good time today. and I think all of you listening are in for some pretty cool insights. Sandra Ocasio, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for being here. <laughs> So I like to start off in the same place with all my guests, and that is by making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context that they need to get the most they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do?
2: Awesome. So my name is, as, as Evan said, my name is Sandra Ocasio. I am a digital marketing strategist. And basically, um, you know, obviously you hear digital marketing strategist. A lot of people have many different definitions for that. My definition for that is I teach online entrepreneurs how to launch their digital products online and so that they can maximize their income and their impact. And I do that through systems and automations and sales funnels
1: okay there we go and how long have you been doing that for
2: i have been um doing i have had an online business for the last seven years i actually started off after experiencing my first military move back in 2016.
1: okay and what what so you've you've been in online business for quite a while now Mm -hmm. um but you saying that makes it seem like what you're doing right now wasn't always what you've been doing um so what, what made you want to do this this uh, specifically?
2: So it's interesting because prior to being in the online space, what I did in the, I used to be in the corporate world. And what I did in the corporate world was actually completely different than what I'm doing now. in um, In corporate America, I was a payroll professional. I used to live in Las Vegas, Nevada. And when I was living there, I used to actually run process payroll for about six or seven different casinos on the Las Vegas Strip. So, yeah, and it was it was like crazy because it went from doing something that was so systematic and, you know, processing payroll and helping people with something so important, like their pay. So then coming in the online space and having to really reinvent myself with the skills and knowledge that I had to be able to create something new. And just to give you a little bit of background, when I left Las Vegas, I was for sure, I was certain that I was going to be able to get to Florida and get another payroll job. What I did not anticipate was that where we were moving and in the location that we were moving at, I was not going to get the same pay. And I was not going to get the same kind of Um, job that I had. And so when I got here and I basically went on a job search and the first couple of interviews that I went to, I realized how quickly I was going to have to take a huge pay cut in which this is a very common thing with a lot of military spouses that have to move around every four years, I decided I was not going to take a step back. I was like, wait a minute, y'all telling me you want to give me this job and all they were going to offer me was $16 an hour. I was like, I haven't heard $16 an hour since I was like in my 20s. <laughs> like, we're not going back in life. We are not doing that. And so my husband was like very adamant about me trying to do something different. And so embracing the fact that I am a military spouse, I started thinking to myself, well, I know I'm going to have to move again in a couple of years, and this is not going to allow for me to have any job progression. And so that's when I was introduced to the online space. And I absolutely love it because I've been able to take the knowledge, the skills, and all the things that I learned in corporate and implement that into the online space and that's you know essentially when I first started I was a virtual assistant helping other people with their online business and then eventually I came across learning how to do systems automations and sales funnels and that's the area that I was like oh I love this and so that's where I that's where I'm at now
1: okay do you do you miss corporate at all or do you prefer being an entrepreneur
2: you know what that to be honest with you at first, it took a lot of like, because I I kind of feel like back when I was in corporate, I was a very much of an extroverted, like I needed people around me. I love interacting with folks. I love all that. And throughout the last couple of years now, I'm like, no, I'm actually happy doing this thing online and having the flexibility of creating my own schedule and all of that. But from time to time, I do miss the, you know, just the gathering of people. I don't miss the traffic. <laughs> I don't miss having to, you know, get up and and get dressed because I just have to wear suits all the time. I don't miss any of that, but it's nice to be able to, I, I do miss the connection of, you know, getting together with people. And I do think that in the online space, we kind of get that when we go to live events. So that's kind of like the trade-off that I have now.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and so when you first, when you decided to dive into online business and we decided to take you know that direction, what was your biggest fear? And did that fear end up coming true?
2: So I think my biggest fear was well, first of all, my biggest fear was not knowing what the hell I was doing, which obviously yeah. did come through because I did not know what I was doing. But it was more actually taking a risk of like being okay with not being so good at the beginning, right? Being okay with I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm still humble enough to say I can figure this out, I can get the support that I need. Um, being scared of I'm gonna put something out there and maybe it's not gonna be as good as somebody else. Like sometimes we need to put the blinders on because we do put things out there and then you see somebody else doing, it and you're like, oh my God, there's just so much better. So it's like being scared of looking stupid, really, <laughs> right? And so I feel like I ended up loving that, essentially that fear, but became something I had to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because in order to survive in the online space, you really got to have some thick skin, right? You got to have that layer of toughness that, you know, someone's going to come and judge you. Someone's going to, putting yourself out there is already difficult, right? Getting in front of a camera, getting in the on, in a mic, speaking at a, for a podcast or on a stage or anything, like all of that comes with a layer of fear that you have to almost utilize it as a tool and get comfortable with it so that was basically minds at the beginning being scared of that and then saying you know what i'm going to utilize this so i can become better
1: right exactly Uh, i think that's incredible that you had that mindset i think that's an amazing way to look at fear right like everyone has those fears the question is if you're going to let them control you and cause you to not actually do the thing you want to do or if you're going to use them to your advantage like you did i think that's amazing thank you (laughs) so Give us a little bit of more of an insight into what it looks like to work with you. What are the transformations that you bring your people through and give us the the kind of, you know, inside backstage look?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, over the past seven years, I have been able to support hundreds of online coaches. Um, one of the areas that I specialize in is helping people with their digital launches And therefore, with online coaching and, you know, as you know, business coaches, they they rely heavily on group coaching or programs or, you know, courses, online courses and so forth. And so I have been able to support those coaches with their launches. And luckily, I've come up with a framework that has allowed me to get them to a five figure or a six figure launch easily in the first few tries. And so um that's that's basically kind of like a rundown but essentially I walk my clients through how to grow your audience, how to actually put together, how to craft um an outstanding course or and how to create a good user experience, right? One of the things that I um I, I had a workshop not too long ago, and it was basically how to package your first digital product, right? And the way, the easy way that I explained that was, even if it's a tiny course, right, a lot of us create mini courses, but we think, oh, it's a mini course, we don't have to get into the the, the tiny details, but those tiny details do matter. And the way I kind of like to explain it is, imagine you come into my house, right? And you come to my house, and I'm like, hey, Evan, And then I don't even offer you like I don't even show you where the bathroom is or I don't offer you any coffee or water or anything. And so you don't really feel welcomed because you're just kind of like, damn, I'm just here. Right. Um, And that's almost the same kind of feeling people get when they start a course and we're not even giving them like the welcome video. Like, hey, here's what to expect. Right. Here's what you're going to expect with the next three modules that you're going to do. And so we missed those tiny details. So I help my clients go through those steps. So people are not kind of left feeling like incomplete, where it's just like, we're just jumping right into the, into the teaching and not making the people, giving them an experience that's going to allow them to feel like I want to buy again from her because she made me feel welcome the first time. And then maybe essentially, even at the end of the course saying, what's next? Like, Tell me what's next. And I think that's one of the markers that we miss a lot in the online space where people need to be told what to do. And I know that sounds very arrogant, but we need to tell our folks, here's what you could do. Go, go do this, like give them a call to action. Like, Don't be afraid of telling them, go check out my podcast and like and share or go to the next course and buy the next course or whatever the next thing is. And we make that mistake even on our website. We go to, I've gone to so many different websites. And when you look at the about page, people read your whole story and then you don't give them a call to action. You just leave them hanging there. So now they are forced to scroll up to X out because you didn't tell them what's next. So things like that, they it, I help my clients making sure that we're maximizing every step of the journey in your customer's experience from start to end
1: i think that is incredible because that is and that's a great analogy too like making them feel welcome you know what i mean because at the end of the day they're not numbers on a list they're people right mm-hmm. they're people that you're working with the people that you're selling to and that is the most important thing
2: right it's a heartbeat it's not a follower there's a heartbeat behind that follow you know what i yeah. mean
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Because that's the thing. I mean, I, at least for me, anyway, the most important part of any good business, in my opinion, is relationships, meaningful, genuine relationships. Is that, would you agree?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. What has
1: the the role of relationships played in, in your business so far?
2: Well, here's the thing that I love about what you just said, right? Like it is so important. Uh, One of the things that's changing in our online space is like now with the flexibility of having bots and having, you know, autoresponders and all of that, what we're missing is that interpersonal, right? Like we all want to grow. We all want to grow revenue and we all want to grow and have people like us, trust us, know us better and all of that. But the problem is, is that, so for example, I'll, I'll give you another example. We, it, I kind of look at the customer journey and like building relationships as if you were building a relationship like dating, right? Imagine you going out on a date with a girl today and then tomorrow asking her to have your baby, right? <laughs> and I, I look at this, like today I met you and then tomorrow I'm asking you for $10,000 for my top tier thing. That's the same thing as if we were dating, like you just met me. Why, what makes you think I want to have your baby tomorrow, right? And so we're not taking time to build relationships because we don't want to go through all that. And it's just like, but if you do, you can utilize systems and automations to maximize that nurturing, right? To start giving value, to start providing people with solutions, maybe short wins, right? It's not about taking them to a transformation from A to Z on the first time that you talk to them. But maybe if you and I have a conversation and I'm able to give you one or two actionable steps, you're going to be like, dang, she just had, she just gave me something that I could go work on right now. Imagine if I hired her as a coach that can guide me for the next 90 days or 60 days or 12 months, right? So it's like provide value so that you can build relationships like anything else. Building relationships takes a long time. But then once you mess up, right, once you break trust, it it you could bruise trust easily. So it's like I, I always tend to any relationship, anyone that I come in contact with and someone actually um just recently I had a conversation with a friend and she gave me such a great piece of advice. And she said, anytime I come in contact with someone, I kind of look at it from a perspective of not every single person that I talk to needs to become a client. They can become one of three things. They can either become a connector, they can become a collaborator, or they can become a client. When she said that to me, she was like, you're always going to win if you're classifying people as one of these three things. And she's right. Not everyone that I talk to is going to become a client. Maybe I can become a connector for them. Maybe they can. I can become a collaborator like, you know, so it's like if you can shift your mindset from thinking that you're always got to close. You always got to be closing or you always got to sell. Now you can actually expand your network because your mentality is "I, I got somebody for you or I could connect you with someone or let's collaborate on something together. So I don't know, that helped me. I hope it helps someone else.
1: <laughs> I I think it really does because <clears throat> that's the thing is like they're people, they're relationships, right? And a lot of people think I just gotta get the sale. And if they're not a client, then what's the point, I'm just wasting my time. That's not necessarily the case. I have gotten a lot of clients from people who aren't gonna become clients referring someone else to me. You know, I mean, that's, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity. And there's no, every relationship is an opportunity for something, whether for you or for the other person or both. And so I think that is a a really powerful way to put it.
2: Can I actually also add something that was so, back to the question that you asked me, like how is it, you know, when it comes down to relationships, like how important it is. Let me tell you something. It's so important that even if you meet someone today, it may be a big possibility that they may not sign up for your thing today, but don't don't think that in a couple of years, it may not happen. And the reason I say this is, right, I coach inside two big um, seven-figure communities. And, And I ask this question often, like what made you sign up to this program? What made you sign up to this coaching you know, container. And the number, one que- the number one answer I get with this question is, I've been following so-and-so for years. That's the key right there, right? Where it's like, wait, wait a second. You've told me you've been following her for years. Why did it take you years to actually make this $10,000 investment or this $25,000 investment? And sometimes it does take years sometimes most people will take their time they want to know are you consistent with it are you going to do this again how many more times are you are you going to give up right and so i think it's so important for us to understand that consistency is going to help in the in the process of creating that relationship and building strong long Lasting relationships, right? And so I thought that it's something that I needed to mention because sometimes we think, but I've been giving them, I already sent them through my seven day nurturing sequence. How come they still haven't converted? It's not their time. Maybe they still need more from you. And sometimes, and I know it feels like heavy because it's like, dang, how much more free stuff do you want to give people before they buy? But it doesn't mean that you have to give everything for free. Maybe it is becoming a person that says, you know what, I have a low ticket item. And this is why having a value ladder is so important, which is a concept that I also teach. And this is something also that I learned from one of my mentors, having a value ladder that allows you to say, okay, well, it's a small investment, a low ticket item. Then, you know, shifting people and funneling people through your offers until they eventually say, oh, I see a lot of value in all the things that I have bought from her. I want to invest in the bigger ticket thing.
1: Okay, yeah, I think it's, it really is another, like a way to look at it, right? That makes it like, it's, again, there's opportunity in every relationship, whether for you or for the other person. And I think that is incredibly powerful. And it really all comes down as well into, you, ha- you have to be genuine about it, right? You have to actually care about that person. Don't just pretend to treat it like it's a relationship just for that potential opportunity. It only happens when you take legitimate interest.
2: Right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think a part of me also feels like there's so much, you know, being in the online space, it could feel so on, a like you could tell when someone's not being authentic because you're just kind of like, man, you're just checking in because you're, you still want to, you will still want me to join that Facebook group or you still want me to do that thing. Right. So it's like, I actually appreciate more when people are very direct. When I, you know, a lot of us get a lot of DMs in the, uh, a lot of DMs that are whip offers and things. And it's constantly like, hey, someone's checking in on something they sent to you because of something else. Like, I get so many requests about, hey, join my Facebook group. (laughs) And I think that's one of the popular ones. And in my mind, I was like, I don't need another Facebook group. I don't need another. But if you genuinely came to me and said, hey, I'm just going to be direct. Here's what I have. Here's what I'd love for you to partner up with me. I feel like I pay attention to those messages more than the ones that, are, that, that come with the fluff. And they make me feel like, you know what? At least he was direct and we can build from that instead of having a fluffy conversation and making me feel some kind of way, right? Um, so I, I do appreciate that because authenticity is always going to win.
1: Yes, uh, authenticity is always going to win. I love it. it's like the core of the day right there. I love it. <laughs> that is incredible. Sandra, I have a feeling we could talk about all of this for hours, but I wanna make sure I'm respecting your time and the time of our listeners. So I want to thank you very, very much for coming on the podcast today, giving us a an insight into you and into your work and into your journey and into the incredible things that you are doing. And for people who are interested in you and in your work, and they'd like to learn more, where can they do so? Where can they find you?
2: Absolutely, thank you. So you can find me at sandraocasio.com, that's S-A-N-D-R-A, OCASIO, or you could also find me on Instagram at Funnels with Sandra. And yeah, you'll be able to find me on both places.
1: There we go. All right. I'm going to have all that linked up in the show notes. I highly encourage everyone listening to check that out in more detail. And again, Sandra, thank you so much for such an amazing conversation on the
0: podcast today.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Evan.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the path to podcast success show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.